Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Today it is just Jackson Laundry and myself, but we have a great episode for you today because we're talking about the inaugural PTO Open in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, we are recording this right now, and I believe they've only released part one of um, the PTO series that is on YouTube about Paul Finley, and I watched it, dude. And it gave me chills. It was super exciting. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it yet, but just came out today. It's on my list. Got to watch yeah. it. We're a week out from the race. The hype is real. Jack, you're partaking in the race. So how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling really, really good. Um, been up here at Matt Hansen's place here in Castle Rock, Colorado. So we're at 1,879 meters is where I've been living. 6,100 and something feet and it's been awesome. So by the time I head over to the Edmonton, I'll have been up here for 15 days, which is a pretty nice chunk of time um, for me. So it's been really good. Like I've done a few altitude camps last, last year. And each time I had a really good race after it. And, and some of those were even shorter, like 11 days. So um, I'm definitely feeling like I've gotten adjusted. Um, I know some people I've heard like Lionel say, and lots of other people say you need at least four weeks, but I, I haven't found that at all. I find by about day five, I'm feeling pretty, pretty solid and and kind of able to train hard without any sort of repercussions. So that all being said, this is kind of my, like, this is like my biggest race of the year. Really. When you look at the year, there's a lot of big races, like there's this, and then hopefully Collins cup U S open, 70.3 70.3 worlds. And it's sort of hard to pick like what's the biggest, but when it, when you take into account that this is the first ever open that the PTOs had, it's the first ever Canadian open it's in Canada. I'm Canadian and the course, you know, I have to take these things into account. The course is really a course that I love. It's a hilly bike. It's going to be a variable effort on the bike, flat run, you know, just all these conditions that I absolutely love racing and seem to have my best races like Oceanside hilly bike, flat run. A lot of my best races have at least been a hilly bike and maybe a mixed run. So, uh, super stoked for that. Um, but yeah, the camp here has been, it's like, first off staying with Matt and Ashley, Garrick stayed with Matt and Ashley before as well. So he can attest. It's like the most like ideal hosts I've ever, like it just the most laid back place to stay. They're super nice making you dinner every night. Like not even, you know, there's like, it's just such a laid back environment and they're so kind to, to let me stay here. It's, it's awesome. And not to mention training with Matt on selective workouts, because I can't do it for every single thing. He's just an absolute beast. He's gotta be the most like incredibly, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he just pushes so hard in his training. It's unbelievable. He has the highest training load of anyone I've ever seen. Um, but it's awesome to train with him when we can work it out. And for me, if I'm training with him, it's a hard workout pretty much no matter what. So it's been pretty cool, but uh, the man's an absolute beast. So that's definitely made me pretty strong. I think. 
Yeah, I can attest that staying with them, um, they're very gracious hosts, and it's just really easy as well. And uh, I think when I was there, he was like, oh, yeah, just use the trainer, treadmill. Like, oh, yeah, awesome everything. Come and go. And then they have, like, two awesome dogs. Freaking hilarious. They have a giant schnauzer and a mini schnauzer. Yes, they did. Funny. Unfortunately, the mini schnauzer passed away earlier this year. Oh, no. I know. It's terrible. It was a little while ago, but yeah, the giant, the giant is as giant as ever. He's 130 pounds. So yeah, he's a big boy and he likes to put his face in the water bowl and spread water all over the house. So that's always fun. Yeah. He ate an entire pork chop when I was there right off the counter. I heard it was a pork loin. Oh, pork loin. That's right. It was a pork loin. <laughs> yeah. um, they yeah, told me about I... this and they said that it was like one of the worst things he's ever done. And Garrick found it hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. yeah well like i grew up my peanut butter sandwich there. the other day i freaking left it for two seconds and i was gone yeah but, i think i bought them dinner that night too or something like that yeah yeah they're awesome but so it's yeah. been amazing i mean some of the some of the people always i guess like to hear some of the workouts but but i got here on a monday and you know first day i just kind of did some mileage and then nothing hard but like maybe a four or five hour day and then the wednesday we were headed, Matt was going out and doing this swim bike brick and it was going to be like an hour 10 swim with some hard sort of eight hundreds open water. And then a three hour ride with some, a lot of stuff at Ironman pace and then some like threshold stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Told James, he's like, okay, you're still adjusting. So just draft, like try to minimize effort, keep it to like a steady effort. And I couldn't, even stay on his feet in the swim i was toast like the altitude on day two is just really tough um so it was just like mind-boggling to me like how fast he was going in the water i'm like how can someone swim that fast like right now all i can do is go like a steady effort at most and he was literally in it was about 850 meters he was he had to be 100 meters ahead of me at the end it was insane so anyway the bike felt horrible could hardly stay on his wheel but got it done um the reason i'm mentioning this workout is because we almost did the same thing a week later we went same same open water did the same workout and this time we like traded the draft we have traded leads i led the first rep he led the second we switched off on the third and we were like the same speed that's how much the body can adjust in a week of altitude just like recovering you know getting that red blood cell count up the body's not like in shock anymore so that was that was pretty cool to see that improvement. And I saw it in a lot of different workouts, all the bike workouts went from like me barely trying to stay with him, like drafting to we're, we're like pretty much even going back and forth. Um, did some of them on my own, but we were just kind of more, more on an even playing field. Like we are in a race. Um, I only attempted one run with Matt though, because his run, like this guy's run is just incredible the way he trains so he he doesn't run anything slower than 615 per mile anything so think about that that's that's like 355 per kilometer is his easy pace um so i knew like if i'm doing any run with him that's that's a hard run just doing a base run so i thought okay let's be strategic with this so the first time i tried to run with him was two days ago so like one of the last days like my last hard run workout and it was like Three mile warm up, which we did at 345 per K. And then three miles at like Ironman pace, which we did at about 337 per K. Then a mile easy. 
for that, I let him like go and I kind of took a rest and he did his mile at six, whatever. And then, then it was two miles tempo at 70.3 effort. So for that, I stayed pretty close. Like he got about five seconds on me in the two miles, but I felt pretty good. It was like, I think I did about three sixteen per K a little bit downhill. And then the last, and then a mile easy, which we did at like four minutes. And then the last, sorry, four minutes per K. I know I'm switching units here, but this is all I remember. And then the last one mile was basically like all out one mile. And it was starting from the lowest point on the trail and like running uphill and it was into a headwind. And I was just cooked. Like I, this whole run had just built up and I literally couldn't even go. I went, I think I went 530 for the mile, which is like 325 pace. He ran 501 for the mile uphill headwind at the end of that workout. And it was just, it's the man's a beast, but it's been awesome. Like literally, I think when I come, this is the second time I've been to Matt's to train. And when I come here, it's like the focus on training just becomes everything because like there's no distractions of like, I, I'm not at home to like, I can't even cut the grass or anything. So poor Montana takes care of everything, but I'm here. I'm like putting all of it into the training and so in my mind, I'm like, I've got to do everything I possibly can to make this worthwhile, recover the best I can, eat the best I can, sleep as much as I can and just crush it. And that's only probably manageable for a couple of weeks at a time to have that much focus um, on one race. But I feel like it's gone really well and I'm stoked to see how it pays off in uh, Edmonton. Second time I'll be have been in Edmonton at that area so i guess i'll have had an advantage over most people probably never race there so should be pretty cool how do you find your sleeping is at altitude i know that's something a lot of people struggle with uh i sleep better um so i i've heard just like the change in i don't know pressure and just your body feeling different can hurt a lot of people's sleep but for me i find i just have more sleep pressure like i'm more i'm a little bit more tired uh, especially early like i sleep really well early in the first you know few days because i'm just more tired from the training and just from living at the altitude so i actually i've probably been averaging like close to 10 hours taking a nap probably 80 percent of the time most days um and the main one of the main things i find early on is i'm like super thirsty uh, all the time. Like I'm having to hydrate a ton, like take a lot of sodium and a lot of fluids and then that kind of subsides, but you're still just a little bit more tired overall. Like it is, even when you do get adjusted, you're still a little bit slower, especially in the swim. Um, and anything like above a threshold effort is a little bit tougher, but, but for a lot of the efforts I've been doing kind of race pace stuff ish, it's, it's been good. And I've been able to get back to like what I typically would do at sea level, which has been feeling really, really solid. Uh, where are you swimming when you're there? So there's, he has a local like neighborhood pool that has lap swim for from seven 30, nine 30 every morning. So I was swimming there quite a bit early on. And then there was like some algae thing and they had to drain it. So that went to, you know, out the window. And then I've been swimming at the pool um, that, there's kind of a pretty good decent 25 yard pool here in castle rock so we've been swimming there that's even a little bit higher i think it's at like 6300 feet or something um and then yeah the two swims open water we did as well so a bit of a mix but 
it's been, yeah, the, even in the swim, like I'll I try to keep up with Matt on his workouts in the pool, but he's pretty quick um, on a lot of it. But yeah, the main sets, we've been like kind of going back and forth and working together. Yesterday we had like eight by 50 all out on two minutes, uh, which was kind of nice because I actually got rest, but <laughs> uh, it was freaking freezing cold pool. So that was kind of tough. But man, this race is going to be intense. And the start list is like second to none. Like it's just so stacked. Um, it's, you know, obviously some people are already starting to, to pull out of the race, but what do you think in terms of like competitiveness for this race compared to like 70.3 worlds? Like what's it look like? Um, let me pull up the start list real quick. Blumenfeld, Eden, Sanders, Hanson, Skipper. Andre Canute, Hogan Haug, Laidlow, McNamee, Newman, Appleton, Smith, Colucci, West, Funk, Tagle, Mignon, Keenlay, Arnaud, Colin Chartier, Andre Lopez, Thomas Steger, Tim Van Berkel. Where do you see Pablo it? Pablo de Pena, Felipe Esposito, Andrew Starkwich, Peter Hemerick, Eric Lagerstrom. You have to, the only way I found it was go to the Instagram um, link tree for the PTO. Oh, the link tree. Okay. And then it's the third or fourth. There's two different start lists. You can't see them both, which kind of sucks. Oh, men's start list. Okay. So, yeah, let's talk about the men's start list first. Um, I think, obviously, the big talk talk of the town is uh, Blumenfeld versus Eden. Oh, yeah, for sure. It'd be interesting to see how that plays out because um, – I would expect they're going to swim bike run together for the vast majority of that race. Uh, maybe even the whole, maybe it might, they might even come down to a sprint, but it'll be interesting to see whether they use each other to like push the race and to really, really push the pace or whether they just sort of sit and kind of let other people make their moves and just sort of feel, you ever, you ever, tr you know, find someone that you train with in a race and just feel comfortable there be like, okay, I'm in the right spot. You know what I mean? Um, maybe they'll just kind of sit back and let other people do some of the pace make. I think on the bike, there's going to be some other people pushing it. Um, just not necessarily by choice for the Norwegians, but like, you've got some extremely strong bike riders in this race. Like Fred Funk is unreal on the bike. Um, he outbiked Sam Long by three minutes when they raced a few weeks back. So that's, I mean doesn't yeah. get much stronger than that <laughs> so Fre frederick funk i found his youtube channel one day um and it, it was like just an odd video and i never heard of this guy and i was like oh this like age grouper has this youtube channel um i can't remember what the video was and uh, i was like i'll watch this for a bit and then um i was like okay and then like the next video comes on and it's him just like winning this pro race and i'm like oh <laughs> this guy's like really legit like legit legit and then yeah i saw he just he had a great race at that that challenge bada ba -da -ba. <laughs> yeah he's an absolute beast um so he obviously you know he's a pretty good swimmer too he could be up at the front early and, and pushing it on the bike the norwegians are extremely strong on the bike um joe skipper obviously really strong and lionel sanders probably not going to be at the front too early on in the bike with a field like this. Do you think uh, Lionel is going to be able to get into the race? 
Good question. Uh, it's 20 meter draft zones, so it should, in theory, be less, you know, of a pack ride. Uh, that being said, if you just look at this list, you've got a whole lot of guys who are very similar on the swim bike. Um, so even if it is 20 meters, if you've got 15 guys all, you know, within 20, like all at that 20 meters, there's still going to be a definite benefit, um, in that group. Like it just adds up each guy that goes through adds to the, to the wind tunnel. So I wouldn't be surprised if you still have a pretty big league group. Um, and yeah, I do think it'll still be tough for guys like Lionel and, and, um, skipper to kind of make their way to the front that being said lionel's been swimming way better like way better than before if he's only a minute down or something then he could probably get up there pretty quickly because then it's not organized yet right that the league group will take time to organize i think um so we'll see yeah what's the course like i haven't seen a course map anywhere yeah so um it's like two it's sorry, it's four laps. And on each lap, you have to like climb out of the like river Valley twice. Okay. So are you, do you, obviously we're both pretty familiar um, with the area because that's where we raced. We've raced there before being Canadian. We always somehow end up racing in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you come out, so it's, it's in Harlick park, the swim is what, uh, right. Yep. I'm assuming two laps because one lap is like maybe a kilometer the swim is three laps three laps okay that makes more sense so they're having like the aussie exit at the canadian open yeah. three times or okay. twice i guess and then and then you head straight out of the park and then do you go on that's groat road do you go right or left or do you go straight up heartbreak hill I don't think you go straight up the hill i don't i'm pretty sure the first climb is not within the first few minutes but here's the race course i have looked at okay. it um but here is so yeah the swim is three laps um 670 meters per lap you got to get out of the water run around the buoy go again and then on the way out here's the bike map oh they zoomed it in it looks like oh there it is it looks like you go Oh, that's a swim map. There it is. You come out, you go right. I don't, it doesn't look, well, maybe you do go up Heartbreak Hill because the first, oh yeah, in the first 2K, you climb like 60, 50 meters. Okay, that could be Groat Road because they both kind of climb, right? Yeah, so you go up, there's a climb from like 1k to 2k where you go up about 55 meters in elevation so it's a let's say a five average five percent hill it's pretty significant then you go along a flat descend and then at the like 9 10k mark there's a similar hill that's about 60 meter climb okay um and then there's another little hill but yeah it's going to be hilly because that's four laps so you've got eight big big hills and you know i guess another four little hills that's good. Uh, That's going to play into your hands. It's going to be hilly. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, so yeah, four lap bike and then the run you're back in the park and you're just flat for four laps. 
uh, Eric, yeah. four laps, four and a half K each. 40 meter total elevation gain, so pretty much very little. And there's lots of aid stations, so I mean, I just can't see this race going any other way other than like packs of guys together. Like you'll have, you might have a big pack together off the bike. Maybe not, you know, maybe it won't be everyone kind of like together, but there might be a few guys off the front or something than a big pack and the run. I just, I just see it playing out like, like a WTS race where you've got like a pack at the front and you've got like another pack running a little bit slower, another pack running a little slower. And it's just going to be like, crazy racing with with how like deep the fields are and what's on the line like guys are just going to be going for it right so it's uh we've never seen like we've had one race ever that's been this type of prize purse that was daytona and that was just like even that race was crazy competitive and that was everyone coming off covid like half the people hadn't trained that well like it was just this is going to be even more ridiculous i think yeah i see this like when I envision this race in my head, it's exactly like a WTS race. Um, I think there's going to be like, no matter how much we try to avoid it, like there'll be soft pack dynamics involved and it, it the swim is going to be crucial. And even with 20 meter draft rule, you know, like no one even really knows what 20 meters is anyways, but like guys are just going to stick together on the bike and it's going to play out kind of, like that and uh going back i guess to blumenfeld and eden i think both of those guys back themselves on the run so they don't i don't think they care if like lionel catches them or anybody rolls up to them they're just but they're just gonna ride strong kind of like they did at worlds before um blumenfeld got a flat and um if they want to make it interesting like eden might take off on one of the hills or something but I think they back themselves on the run. So you don't think they're going to be looking at any of the guys on the run and trying to kind of make sure they're away. Like for example, uh, Jason West or uh, Matt Hansen. I honestly, I don't think they're scared of anybody on the run, but if they do try to stay away on the bike or they try to get away on the bike, it's going to be like them almost like flexing, you know, like trying to be like, like almost like when a Brownlee came into ITU and he was like, no, we're going to freaking push the swim bike and the run. Yeah. With the same levels that I don't think they care really if they have to go toe to toe with someone on the run. Okay. Yeah. And there's going to be someone pushing it on the bike, no matter what, because you've got like, everyone knows that there's these ITU guys, like these wild cards as well, like Matt McElroy. Matt Sharp, uh, Aaron Royal, like these guys can freaking run. And the, you know, the Sam Appletons and, you know, obviously Lionels and Joe Skippers and Ben Knutes and everyone is going to, who's kind of a more of a true long course guy that feels like they're strong on the bike are going to be pushing in to try to at least minimize the numbers in that group uh, and try to give themselves the best chance on the run. But yeah, I, you know, if there's people who can run with, with the Norwegians, obviously, West, uh, Hansen, um, McElroy, Schumann's on the list. I don't know if he actually is able to go or not because I think he ran into visa issues. Um, so that sucks. Yeah. I know that um, the other South African, uh, what's his name? 
Bradley Weiss, he oh, Bradley unfortunately Weiss. had to pull out because because of these issues. So some notable people not going. Um, Magnus Ditlev, obviously. Um, no Patrick Lang, and that's not really a surprise. No Jan. Um, who else? Um, no Rudy. Right, Rudy's out with the cold. Yeah. Well, it'll be yeah. interesting. I think people have kind of raced like a lot this year, right? And some people are looking at it like, oh, geez, I need to get ready for Kona or whatever it may be. Like, no, no Sam Long. Um, he's doing his European tour. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how you pass up this race. Um, like, no, Sam, though, I think he was offered a lot of money to go over there and um, do his European tour by challenge. So I think he's kind of, um, you know, he's learning. He's, he's a new pro and he's just not a new pro. Sorry. That, but he's like, this was a new situation for him. And I think everyone has to go through and uh, do like that row race. Like it's one of those bucket list things. And this year it just kind of lined up uh, the same year as the PTO champs, but like, this is so exciting. I mean, I don't know and how that's his course too. Like you look at it and you think, oh man, I know it's a hilly bike. Like the guy can stride out on the run like crazy when it's like a flat course, he can run really well too. So, you know, you just, you don't know, but I thought the same thing. I'm like, how is this guy not doing the PTO Canadian open? And yeah, there's opportunity. Like it's a really strong list, but there's opportunity. And honestly, I, for myself, like I'm feeling really, really strong. And I think I can, I can have that same swim bike that I had at 70.3 worlds at least like my biking right now is as this the best it's ever been. It didn't show at the trauma race. Like I just, I had a bit of an off day. I'm not worried about that. It's not even in my mind. Like I know from my training, what I should be able to do in a race and from how, especially from how I feel like overall in my training, not necessarily, Oh, this workout or that, but consistently performing well, not being exhausted, not like, totally blowing any sessions um so we'll see but i do think i can can be right up there in the swim bike and then i know like i've just proven that i can run well consistently so if i can get myself there on the swim bike and be with the boys uh, i can run with them so let's just make it happen um and this is like like i said this is like my kona like this is my race for the year this is like in my mind this is the most important race and a lot of these other guys, like it's, it's a race they're trying to do well at, but they're, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like, they're just going to it because it's a huge opportunity. So I think I can take a lot of names at this one. Yeah, I think so too. Um, like, I'm pretty excited to see you. I think really anybody like the top 10 is wide open. I think uh, even the top five here, like there's a lot of strong guys, but it's whoever kind of has their day, you know, like, there's not much separating a lot, a lot of the guys on that start list. Yeah. Like you look, but you nailed it. You look at the list and you're like, like who wins between Fred Funk and Jason West? Like who the hell knows? Those guys are both super strong. They have different strengths, you know, like Bart Arnault, you know, Tim Van Burkle, Eric Lagerstrom, all like, I'm just randomly picking names. Like these are all guys who are always in the mix at the front and you got the Aussies, you know, Sam Appleton, Max Newman, you got 
Kyle Smith from New Zealand, like he always is super strong. Like you never know what's going to happen. And, and some of these guys did well at St. George. Some of these guys have done well in some halves. Some haven't had their day yet this year. So it's just like a total crapshoot. Um, looking at the women's side. Yeah. Let's talk about the women. No one really cares about the men's race anyways. So women's side. Okay. Let's just run through the star list here. Laura Phillips, Sky Munch, Emma Pallon Brown, Jeannie Metzler, Paula Finley. Vanilla Langridge, Jackie Herring, Holly Lawrence, Nicholas Spierig, Ashley Gentle, Tamara Jewett, Chelsea Sidero, Jocelyn McCauley, Sarah Perez-Salat, Ellie Salthouse, Louisa Baptista, Sophie Watts, Nikki Bartlett, Sarah Crowley, Hannah Wells, Laura Sadal, Lotte Wilms, India Lee, Pamela Oliveira, Julie Darren, Elizabeth Curry-Dory, Danielle Lewis, Lauren Brandon, Penny Slater, Rach McBride, Radka Kaffelt, Victoria Lopez. Radka Kaffelt? Didn't, didn't she retire? I, yeah, I thought Radker Caulfield did retire. I don't know. She raced this year, Ironman Cairns. Huh. She came out of retirement probably because of these amazing race opportunities. And she came second at Ironman Cairns. So, you know, obviously getting in pretty good shape. Um, hey, so, yeah. Get, we are about to get roasted on how you pronounce that. Radka Caulfield? No. Ironman I'm pretty sure it's like it's not Cairns, it's like Iron Man Canes. Cans? Yeah, something like I that. I think that's just because I have an accent. I don't know. Whatever. Um, well, either way, either Nick's way, the one, Nick's the one that reads all the comments that we, that we get. screw up. They blame him for it. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but like same list here, like just really, really deep. Like all these ladies who you know are strong at this distance. Um, when you when you think about middle distance specialists. You know, Paula Finley, Jackie Herring, Holly Lawrence, Ashley Gentle, Tamara Jewett is going to be Nicholas, awesome. Nicholas Spierig is on the list. I thought she retired. Nicholas Spierig is on the list. She That was like a huge thing during the sub, sub seven, sub eight, where this was, that was like her swan song and she retired. No, one, one last year. Oh, I'm thinking of, uh, yeah, Nicholas Spierig. Well, yeah, that was like a huge thing. Well, now that she's was like her last race ever. This is what happens when you bring out the PTO opens. Like people are going to show up. Yeah. More so on the women's side, apparently, coming out of retirement. Um, but yeah, obviously, you got to talk about Paula Finley. She's, I think, she, like the thing with her is if she's healthy and actually getting some run workouts in, she's like, she's got the whole package because she's a great swimmer, a phenomenal biker, and then she's a really good runner. Sometimes she's run injured, like she is injury prone. And then sometimes her run struggles, but it seems like she is really, really running well now in training. She's been posting about run workouts and getting amped up for this race. So I think she could have another, another day, like uh, she did at Daytona. So um, yeah, she can to, it. to quote the, uh, to quote Eric in the PTO video, it only takes three to four months of her consistent running to be fast for it to click yeah that doesn't surprise me yeah um, eric in that video since we're talking about paula i'm gonna talk about the video of paula but eric was just like banging off these like he was just like like when they were interviewing him about paula he was just like banging off these like super like motivational quotes and he was just like super deep about it and like poetic and stuff and i was like that's like 
so eric on all the stuff he's just like he's a very vibe guy you know yeah like it's pretty cool oh hey that is not my dog this time that's not mine either it's there's the big 130 pounder yeah that's the bike guy here to fix my wheels <laughs> not fix it nice. put the tires on um but i got someone dealing with that so don't worry about that um so yeah laura phillip like obviously do we can we even do can we even do the talking when the dog's going like this just give it a second okay you can go oh never mind <laughs> it's funny because coda was just going nuts and i muted myself i don't know if you caught that but yeah i saw that you're good at that um so anyways right, go we've got some we got some you know laura phillip obviously is incredible at the full distance like hard to beat she's here like interesting to see if she's going to be able to really pull off a, a great half as well but the one person who i think is really gonna have a great day is jackie herring she's been all in for like i was talking with her at um chattanooga and she's like her whole season is trying to win the pto opens like she's just all in for that um like even at Chattanooga, she won, beat, you know, Lawrence, beat Finley, like had an amazing race. And she was still saying like, she doesn't even really care about that race. She's just totally focused with the Canadian Open. So I think she's going to at least be on the podium. And I wouldn't at all be surprised if she wins with the way she's able to, to put all three sports together. Um, Ash Gentle, pretty, pretty, really pretty good athlete who's just started at the middle distance this year. Got to talk about our girl Tamara. She like if she's even within shouting distance for the run, she can definitely work her way through a ton of the field. Um, who do you think? Yeah, you if Tamara comes off the bike within twenty minutes of the lead, like she's <laughs> got it. For sure. Okay, come on. Realistically, <laughs> though, like to get a win, I I think she could outrun like the second fastest runner by like probably two minutes is, is realistic um that being said even if she's able to to get a top 10 that's a great result yeah i mean um, we're rooting for her for sure obviously she's on the team so we have two real tri squad members racing that is jackson laundry in the men's race and tamra jewett uh in the women's race so we'll obviously be cheering for her uh watching the rts kits on tv is always super cool um so yeah, that'll be really exciting. I'm excited to see how she does. I honestly, I couldn't tell you how she's going to do. I think she could finish anywhere from 30th to, you know, third. Yeah. <laughs> she's just don't know. If she can have a really good swim bike, she'll be, she'll be up there, but Jeannie Metzler hasn't raced this year. Um, obviously she got se second at 70.3 world. She's a phenomenal athlete. Could, could very well factor into this race if she was able to get her training together for it um holly lawrence hasn't you know hasn't really had that super good day yet this year that she's used to but um obviously capable she could be up there nicholas spear you can't count her out um yeah i mean you got some really strong aussies and new zealanders sarah crowley hannah wells ellie saltos uh yeah oh another canadian in the field rachel mcbride we should talk about her give her a quick mention so three three Canadians in the women's field, men's, you've got Lionel, myself, and uh, Brett McMahon, and Matt Sharp, so four. And Jason Pohl. Oh, Jason Pohl, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Good for him. 
Yeah, he snuck in there. Good for him. So five. Holy cow. Can you imagine yep. all five Canadians top five? What are the odds of that? That's got to be like one in millions. Yeah, I bet you if you put $5 on it, you'd make a lot of money. <laughs> Is there going to be betting for this, do you think? Uh, somewhere. I'm sure there's betting. I don't know, though, because, like, there's just so much unknown about it. Like, all the people who are unranked and, like, that kind of stuff. How would you ever, like, come up with odds? Well, you can bet on anything. I I'm, I don't know if it's legal, but remember when... <laughs> um, <laughs> Remember when uh, the real Starkey uh, had like his betting up on the website? You used to be able to bet in like fantasy stuff. His um, oh, his betting. I thought you I, for some reason I was like it doesn't make any sense, but I thought you meant betting like his. Like, oh, sh- like, I was like, what? I mean, I, maybe he had his betting up too. <laughs> um, all right, so let's uh, let's move into predictions here because. Uh, that's what people really want to hear. They just want to hear okay. us be totally wrong with our predictions. Well, I'm not going to predict the men's race because I'm in the men's race. You can't. You can't okay. But here's what I'll do. I'll predict the men's race, like, and not include myself. So if, like, let's say I win, then then second counts as first for my betting. How about that? Sounds good. All right. Well, let's do women's race first because I'm already on the women's start list, so I can. Yeah, me too. Uh, do that. Okay. So. Oh God, it's so hard. Like it's really hard. But fifth slot, okay, fifth place. I'm gonna put. Let's do it. Let's do it like this. I'll go fifth. You go fifth. Then we go fourth, fourth, and then okay. that way you can't just copy the other person. All right, I'm gonna go Chelsea Sedero for fifth. Okay, fifth place. I will go with Emma Pallant Brown. Nice. Okay. Uh, fourth. I'm going to say Ashley Gentle for fourth. Ooh. I'm going to say Jackie Herring. Okay. Okay. Third. Emma Pallant Brown. I'm going Nicholas Spierig. Okay. Second, I'm going to go Paula Finley. I'm going to go Laura Phillip. Okay. Now, you got to go first first because I okay. – I'm calling Paula Finley the hometown hero for the win. Boom. Nice. Good call. I'm going Jackie Herring for the win. Nice. Okay, so that's our list. I already somewhat forget what I said, but – I always forget what I say. But actually, no, I think I'll be able to remember it. All right, men's list. This time you got to go first. Okay. Fifth place, I'm going Jackson Laundry. I knew you were going to put me in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, fifth. Oh, God. The men's so hard. And I actually raced. The thing is, I've raced these guys, and it's even still that hard. Yeah. Um. Let's go. Oh, fuck. This is tough. This is really tough. This is very, very difficult. I'm going to say Matt Sharp. Ooh, good one. Thank you. Thank you. 
Okay. Fourth place. It's funny because it's basically a crapshoot. Like, there's no way. <laughs> I know. It's so hard to guess. So hard. Okay. Uh, I will go with. Uh, normally, you know, because I put Jackson fifth, I'd probably go Rudy Von Berg fourth. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> but I am going to go with uh, Lionel Sanders. All right. Um, fourth. I'm going to go Fred Funk. Nice. I'm going to go Fred Funk for third. Okay. Third, Lionel Sanders. Ah, I didn't include Jason yet. Oh, well, well Jason's not going to be in my top five. All right. Second place, I'm going Gustav. I'm going to go Christian second. Ooh, and, okay. and Gustav first. Okay, and I'm going to go Christian for the win. It's just so oh. hard to bet against the Norwegians. Yeah, you can't do it. Well, well, there's our predictions. Yeah. So we will see how that pays off. Um, obviously, there's some wild cards in there that could very well, like Aaron Royal. We none of us picked Aaron Royal. Like that guy could easily get on the podium, or like you know, Matt McElroy. You've got guys that haven't necessarily proven themselves at the distance, but you know, when you, you get, you start whittling the distance down a bit from a half, you're like, okay, you're only at 80 now for the bike. And then you start throwing Hills in. It's a bit more variable. These guys who aren't used to a TT bike have a bit more of an advantage. So that's where, that's kind of why I threw Matt Sharp in there. Cause he was able to win St. Anthony's triathlon um, dead flat course. And the guy can bike like crazy. Obviously he's a phenomenal swimmer and you know a great runner to be able to win that race so yeah he's got that i2 speed on the run so i i was thinking that too um i think he's gonna have a great race but like surprised you didn't put any of the itu guys in your top five like McElroy or him or royal well if you weren't racing you wouldn't take up a spot so <laughs> yeah but well no man i'm excited like I couldn't care less what my picks are. I just want to see an awesome race. And I hope we have some like massive breakthrough performances. Cause that's one thing that we really see with ITU is like, or sorry, world triathlon is like, there's always these random people breaking through it. The biggest races where we just don't get that that often uh, in long course, it always seems to be big names that come through in the top 10 or like, you know, semi big names that come yeah. through in the top 10. But I think it's just because the nature of it, like with World Triathlon, you've got the top, like, you know, 50% in a WTS race are within literally like a minute of each other. So it's just such a close, you know, level playing field. Whereas in long course, we haven't had that depth um historically but now it's getting to the point where there is more depth so it's that's why we're saying like it's getting hard to predict like a world championship level event like five six seven years ago wouldn't be that hard to predict you have like your five you know out of the top seven or eight you'd be able to pick five kind of thing but now it's like holy crap like of course you put the norwegians in probably lionel and then you're like who the hell do i pick next like all these guys could factor in so it's a pretty exciting time to be part of it and you know, be one of those guys who wants to have that breakthrough. Like 
I know I can do it. So just got to freaking get there. Like the only thing that sucks is like the now till the race, the like not really any hard training, just like get all your stuff, like go do, go through the motions. Not that I mind doing any of the photo shoots or any of that stuff. That stuff's great. It's just like getting through the nerves of that week of just like getting everything together. That's, you know, it's all part of the process and it allows time for the mental preparation and the getting the course knowledge and all that stuff. So it's going to be sick. I, once I'm there, I think it's going to be nice to just settle in and just focus. Well, you're a part of history, Jackson, the first ever PTO open in one of the most historic triathlon venues in the world. Like that, that venue's hosted the world championships at least three times and um, it's hosted or sorry, at least twice, maybe three times. And it's hosted numerous WTCS races, World Cups. Uh, it's had, you know, epic sprint finishes with Simon Whitfield. And, um, you know, you and I both got our world championship age group medals in Edmonton. Yeah, we got to mention that. 2014, yeah. right? I believe so, yeah. Were you third as well or second? I was second. Second. So, Garrick was second. U19 age group sprint distance, right? Yeah, the last time ever that that race was non-drafting. Yeah, and I was third in the Olympic distance that year. So, yeah. pretty good memories there. Um, I don't think we're going to be running on that trail section like we did. It's just all tarmac. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. But, yeah, but yeah it's going to be pretty freaking awesome. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for PTO Canadian. Oh, should we tell people, like, when it is and stuff, I guess? <laughs> Yeah, so this episode um, is going to go out on Wednesday, and it will be this on the 24th, right? It yep, on it's on Sunday is the men's race, uh, 1 o'clock local time, so that would be 3 p.m. on Eastern time. Yep. Um, broadcast start – oh, no, it says race start 12.45, so I guess a little bit before. And the Saturday women's race is – Oh, they're a bit earlier, so 10.45 a.m. local, so that'll be 12.45 Eastern um, is the women's start. So pretty much putting us right in the hottest part of the day, so that'll be great. I I don't know how hot it'll be, but... Well, it's Edmonton. I I doubt it's going to be too bad. It's... I've been looking at the weather. They had some days that have been in the 30s, like 30 degrees, which is... But most days are about 25 for the high, so... And not that humid, so not as bad as... Like, today it's 27 um so it could be hot it's been freaking crazy hot here though i've done some literally i've done runs at 35 degrees celsius so i think i'll be ready (laughs) yeah it was really hot when i was there last year i think it was around the same time too it's crazy how hot it gets because you look on a map and it's like halfway up canada it's like so far north it's like halfway up alberta and somehow it still gets hot but what can you do it's a triathlon it has to be hot or else it doesn't count right exactly it they would not go there if it wasn't really hot. So yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's it. Um, is it free to watch? It's got to be. Yeah. So you can watch it on, I believe, either PTO Plus, which is free, uh, or I hope they stream it on YouTube as well. But so. whatever it is, maybe we'll throw it in the show notes if we find it or if it's out by then. If not, just find it. Go on Instagram and it'll be like, watch here or something like that. You'll be fine. Yeah. So we had some other exciting events happening in the RTS squad. Clash Watkins Glen happened 
by the time this comes out, it'll probably be a week and a half ago. But we had Leslie, Garrick, Nick, and sort of an honorary team member for the trip was Taylor, uh, Taylor Reed. So it looked like an amazing course. And more importantly than anything else, Garrick's first triathlon in how long, Garrick? Well, it wasn't a full triathlon, but uh, it was. It was. 11. Just, yeah. The run didn't happen. Yeah. First time partaking in a triathlon. Uh, it was 11 months. Yeah, 11 months ago. Uh, I think it was nine months ago, my last surgery. So, no, less than that. No, it's less. Seven, yeah. Yeah, about seven months ago was my last surgery. So, so, huge step for Garrick to be in his first race. Before we get into that, though, how was the trip? I know Clash put on a really cool event. Wasn't a huge prize purse, so I had kind of a smaller pro field, but you had Starkey, you had Jason West. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think they were shooting for like a massive pro pro field. Um, I mean, they treated us awesome, especially the pros and stuff, but what they were really doing, it was kind of like a test event. It was a small event this year. Um, and it was, it was awesome. It was super cool. The course was amazing. It was gorgeous. Um, it was tough. So the swim was super choppy and uh and then it was 3300 feet of climbing i believe and it was a net uphill because you started at the water and you finished up at watkins Glen uh speedway and then you ran oh. around the speedway which was so so hilly it was insane like even the running was nuts but that's it, so cool it was gorgeous like it's a beautiful area tons of wine if you like wine i know most triathletes do and uh, beautiful lake, beautiful town. And then the Clash Clash always does a great job with their events. And it was it was like the the tale of two two races, I guess, because in the same lake at the other end was Muscle Man happening the next day, Muscle Man 70.3, which is an Ironman event. And uh, I think it just I know it was small. It was a smaller event, but it wasn't even comparable. Just the way they treated us and to what awesome. you would expect at, at an Ironman race. It was it was awesome. Very well organized, super efficient. And I mean, I'm going back next year, even though it's not a big man's course. Starkey did end up winning though, which who is a big that's man, amazing. But, you yeah. can't count that guy out in those in the races where it's a smaller field and he can get away on the bike. You can't count him out because he's like a fucking motorcycle man like he just goes he's so strong when he has a good day like jason felt the wrath of his biking for sure yeah i would love to see his power file for that because he had to be like he put five minutes into them or something insane like that it was more i think yeah he had to been like over 400 watts for that bike ride yeah he's he's incredible um so yeah, take us through your race a bit. I mean, we had you know front pack, we had Starkey, Jason West, Nick, a um, couple others. Those three ended up on the podium. Starkey took off. Nick and Jason West worked together a little bit on the bike, twenty meter draft zone, but they just sort of kept each other company. Jason West ran fast. Nick had a great run, ended up third. So take us through your race. You were kind of in that second group, a little bit back of the leaders. Uh, I was in my own group, not a little ways, a, a long ways back. <laughs> so, like, I, like, I, I didn't make any bones about it. Like, I'm, I'm far, far off. Uh, like, more where my fitness was prior to the surgeries, or even a year ago. But I think I came out of the water like two and a half, three minutes back. Uh, I swam completely alone. It was a different experience for me. 
Like those guys, I think normally I'd probably be a contender to, to lead out of that swim just with the field. Like there were no big swimmers in that race. And obviously you throw another swimmer in there and it changes the dynamic of it. But that would have been something I probably would have been gunning for normally. And then uh, on the bike. Eric swims very well, open water. Like typically in a race we'd be together, but I usually come out like on his feet. So sometimes he's even ahead of me, like, you know, 20, 30 seconds up. So Garrick's great open water swimmer and has beat Starkey out of the water before for the fastest swim split in the 70.3. Yeah. Well, we hit the mats together, but yeah. <laughs> um, but that was, uh, yeah. So three minutes back, like nowhere near my normal fitness. Uh, unfortunately, Taylor had, Taylor was super sick going into the race. And uh, thankfully I wasn't second last. I was third last because he was sick, but it sucked to see him not feeling well. And then on the bike, uh, I had, uh, I, I wasn't able, I had one race wheel on the front and the back was my training wheel just because of, uh, we had some issues with the wheels. And so I was lugging up that brick everywhere. <laughs> Uh, but the, the power doesn't lie. Like I was probably, I was not probably, I know I was about 50 Watts off of what I normally do for a 70.3. So Oof. I was nowhere near it. And my back just seized up at uh, about 60, like late 60 K mark. And then I just kind of cruised it in and then never actually finished the bike. I handed my chip up, off to someone about 10 meters from the line. Uh, and then someone carried it through like 10 minutes later, but <laughs> just to add was... insult to injury, you yeah. should just cross the bike line. Just so you're like, that's my bike split. I know, but I didn't even think about it. Like, I was like, I'd rather not, you know, like I just gave it to the official there instead of like going all the way through and, and doing it. Right. But anyways, it shows me where I'm at. And the one thing that, that I'm really happy with is that I not only got through that, but I know that the only thing between me and getting back and then surpassing that is just putting in the work. Like my body can handle the, the work now. And I know that, and I was it super motivating to be there, which was a big reason that I went. And now it's just a matter of getting to work and putting the work in and, and I'll be back. So super excited about that, but huge congrats to Nick and Leslie. They both podiumed, which was awesome to see. And I mean, that's what we went there to do. And we knew they were the, the two top athletes that were gunning for it between uh, the four of us because, you know, Taylor, Taylor had was sick. Yeah. Taylor was sick. And well, I just explained my situation. So sweet. And there's an after party always with Clash. So that's sick. Yeah. We unfortunately didn't get to stay for the after party. I heard it was amazing, but we okay. had to rip out and go to a wedding. So that's an after party. Yeah, that is an after party. And that was awesome. That's, you know, a training partner of Jack and I got married. Um, Dave Hopton, who's now one of the best, probably the best coach. He was on the podcast, probably the top coach, top development coach in Canada for triathlon. So, yeah, it's unreal to see how, how he's developed as a coach and brought those athletes up. And I was so bummed I couldn't go to that wedding. Freaking sucked because, you know, I had this camp plan and, that was another reason I'm like, man, I got to crush this freaking camp because I'm missing freaking weddings and stuff for it. Like this has got to go well. So, um, yeah, but it was probably good that you got out of the house uh, because your wife ended up being sick. So. Yeah, she did get COVID. However, she had COVID before I left. 
Oh. And I already had it for a few days and we, I was testing and I was negative and, you know, we're pretty sure it was all good. So that's uh, yeah. But anyway, sounds like you had a good, good experience, obviously not your best race, but you're, you're going to be gunning for it. And I'm going to tell you all here now, Garrick said he's going to be coming to Guelph sometimes to train. So I'll be there making sure he's getting up into shape for some good fall 70.3s. Weather's not as hot. Garrick's back in shape. I could see some top fives coming for you. Yeah, I I hope so, man. I was so close. They, I feel like this whole long course journey was like, is like just at the tip of my fingers. And then like, I was like right there and then everything happened, but I'm hoping to come back and everyone's, I feel like everyone's gone through shit. It, so I, I would never complain about the situation I'm in. And I'm pretty excited to come back pretty motivated too. Well, you've been at this sport, you've been with our coach, James, even longer than me. So you're going to come back. You've been at it for years and, you know, always making the best of triathlon with a whole life dealing with school, family, everything, and still crushing it. You almost beat me in a race once and, you know, you can get back to that. Think about that. That was only like five years ago. Yeah. Maybe six. Yeah. I mean, that was a whole nother life of, uh, of ours racing life. We were in a completely different place, but I do think about not beating you that day, but I do think about that race. That was like the original, that was like the first time ever they did like heats and finals for nationals. And that was like, so epic. That was yeah, so that was awesome. awesome. Killing ourselves on the bike just to yeah. run terribly but yeah that was probably one of the hardest bikes i've ever done in a Me race too. period i raced so hard on that bike and then i and we made up some time and then it was like oh i have to run like now yeah. and it was just not good but anyways we're rambling yeah i think we should cut this one off yeah this may have ran its course so all right jack until next time peace peace I got ish to do, flying through the sky in my parachute, dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise on a one-man mission trying to see it through.